So today's saint, Saint Luke, is famous. Well, I would argue he's famous because he's a saint, although certainly saints don't do that for the fame. But can you know what are What's another reason why St. Luke is famous? So St. Luke is only one of four people in history to do something. Do you have any idea? Yes. One of the gospel writers, absolutely, very, very good, right? We call him evangelist. That's what it means in this specific term, evangelist or a gospel writer, right? We've got the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. St. Luke was known to be a disciple of St. Paul. So he would have learned a lot from St. Paul in journeying with him what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and how to love Jesus and how to live the Christian life. St. Luke also by trade was a physician. So I know we have a few physicians here, so also one of the patrons for physicians or doctors. We also, it seems like in his free time, whatever free time he would have had, also was a very skilled artist. We, in fact, we still have some paintings to this day that have been preserved, I believe like Our Lady of Chastahova and a few others, uh, different type of artwork and paintings that are attributed to St. Luke. And St. Luke's gospel particularly has some unique features so he really highlights God's mercy. So if we recall two parables that really highlight God's mercy, for instance, the parable of the prodigal son or the merciful father obviously highlights mercy. Another one is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And in fact, St. John Paul II refers to the Gospel of Luke as the Gospel of Mercy. Another unique feature is that Luke also was responsible for writing the Acts of the Apostles. And both in the Gospel of Luke and in the Acts of the Apostles, you see how meticulous he is. He's very careful in including specific details. So we're grateful for those details that he's able to include. Now, as we mentioned before, this week and last week, all school-wide, we've been working on the virtue of responsibility. We're, we are able, have been able to reflect on it, what it is, how to live it out to really incorporate that into our life and allow Jesus and his virtues really to transform our lives. So I know you've been able to learn different things about that. And I was pondering how to this age group, how I would offer a palatable, simple, accessible definition of responsibility. And first, I think the only way I know how to do this, I would need to step back. And first, I would need to first define freedom because I don't think you can really talk about or define responsibility without first talking about freedom. And so what would be like an age six to 10-ish definition that would be accessible with regard to freedom? And here's what I came up with. Freedom, one way to think about freedom is the power to do good or evil. That's the simplest definition I could come up with with regard to freedom, so more or less freedom, the power to do good or evil. Now, responsibility is related to freedom in as much as it is being answerable or accountable to that freedom. So freedom and responsibility go hand in hand. Now, there are different responsibilities that you have as students and just in general as uh, good Catholic Christians and disciples of Jesus, right? So, for instance, 
listening to and obeying your parents. Very, very important. Listening to and obeying your beautiful, loving teachers who are so dedicated to you. Choosing to be kind. So there's different responsibilities we have. And I know you've been able to go into much more depth in these last two weeks. I want to just highlight one thing about responsibility. There's many things that can be said, and I'm sure you've been able to talk at length and to reflect on what are some of the common responsibilities that you have. And those are very, very important things, just as we mentioned, right? Listening and obeying your parents, listening to and obeying your teachers. However, we don't want to just stay at surface level in terms of external things. Now, we know that God knows our hearts. So our hearts are just as important. So we might say the external action, we refer to this as the object of actions, but also our intention, our motivation. Why we do something is just as important as what we do. So for instance, we might... For instance, if our parents lovingly ask us to do certain chores and maybe we respond where we kind of don't want to do it, we're begrudgingly, we don't feel like doing it, or we do it ultimately maybe because of fear of punishment of what's going to happen if I don't do that, right? So we can have different motivations for doing something. That's like some big things, right? Often we, we might do something for fear of punishment if I don't do that thing or out of selfishness. Or we can choose love, to do it for love of Jesus. So I want you to ponder that. So not only focusing on what we do, but in all things we have the power to choose whether to do this for love of Jesus or not. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be so beautiful? So all those different times where we might be challenged and it might be difficult for us to listen to our parents or to be obedient to them or to listen to our teachers or to be obedient to them instead of maybe doing this for fear of being punished or for some other reason, we can ask Jesus, Jesus, help me to do this for love of you. And we can do this for all of our actions. So I'm going to invite you to ask Jesus to help you in all of those actions. We're going to ask Jesus to help us right here in the Mass, and He's going to give us His own superpower to be able to love the way that He loves. And do you want to receive Jesus' superpower to be able to love the way that He loves?